Entrepreneur on Fire, Episode 6. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Hey, Fire Nation, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Entrepreneur on Fire the place for inspiring interviews with today's most successful entrepreneurs. Are you on our email list? If not, you are missing your chance at the $50 cash we give to one lucky subscriber every Wednesday. Would your Wednesday be a little better with 50 bucks in your pocket? Go to entrepreneuronfire.com or eofire.com if you're like me and can't spell entrepreneur to find out more. Question. Have you been searching for an elite mastermind group? If yes, look no further than Ignite, an amazing mastermind of aspiring entrepreneurs. We have weekly webinars, amazing resources, forums, and huge giveaways, including a $200 cash giveaway every week. Come join our community at ignitemastermind.com. If you enjoy this free podcast, Please show your love and support by heading over to eofire.com and clicking the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page. This will shoot you over to iTunes where you can leave a rating and review. To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating and review, I will give you a shout out at the top of an upcoming show telling the world just how cool you are. And now prepare to ignite. Okay, let's get started. I am simply elated to introduce my guest today, Adam Baker. Adam, are you prepared to ignite? I am, man. I am. Wonderful. In 2008, after the birth of his daughter Milligan, Adam and his wife Courtney decided to sell everything they owned, pay off their consumer debt, and spend a year traveling abroad as a family. They began sharing their journey publicly in 2009, exploring personal finance, consumerism, clutter, travel, minimalism, and passionate entrepreneurship while building a community of like-minded people that they collectively call man versus debt. Adam, I've given a little overview of yourself and your business. Why don't you tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, you gave the overview. It started for me about four years ago, three and a half, four years ago, when I created this little site called Man vs. Debt. And it was just a personal accountability site uh, for me to share my wife and I's goal to get out of debt and travel overseas. Uh, It ended up building into much more than that. And now I have a couple different online brands. Uh, I have Man vs. Debt, which is always my baby, my primary um, business. And there I help people pay off their debt, sell their uh, crap, as we call it, uh, around those parts, and uh, and build a passionate business. I also run Only72.com, which is a sale of products that happens twice a year. We gather all sorts of neat products from the online world, and we have a really passionate, uh, intensely discounted sale. And I've actually just got done producing uh, my first documentary, which I'm excited about, called I'm Fine Thanks, and it's all about helping people break free of complacent life. So I'm busy these days, but it all goes back to that man versus debt, that first uh, website I started about three and a half years ago. That's great, and I'm excited to dive into I'm Fine Thanks. I was actually fortunate to be at the premiere down in New York City, and it was just an inspirational, great 
movie, and I really enjoyed it. So I look forward to, to hearing more about that. And let's use that to transition to our first topic, which, which is our success quote, because at Entrepreneur on Fire, we like to start every show off with our guest's favorite success quote. It kind of is our way of getting the motivational ball rolling and get people pumped up for the rest of the show. So Adam, what do you have for us today? Uh, well, it's one of my favorite quotes uh, of all time, but it's certainly one that's been leading the direction of my life for about the past year uh, more so. And it is by Howard Thurman, and it's don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do that because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Wow, I love that. And you alluded to the fact that it's been kind of steering you in your life the past year. Can you give us a specific example of that? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess example would be my decision to undertake the movie. Um, as all entrepreneurs, even though I've had success with my man versus debt brand, I continually look in the mirror and ask myself, um, what do I want to do? What does the world need? What problems can I help solve for people? Uh, and it, it's a continual uh, sort of evolving process for me. I'm not, I don't think I'm destined to only talk about debt for the next 50 years, right? Like, I think my journey is going to evolve. And, and when I search, uh, for what I want to do next or what problem I can solve for people, a lot of times I just have to come back to that quote and say, what really makes me come alive at this point in my life? You know, what, as you would say, you know, makes me on fire. What is that? What gets that passion really going? Because I know that if I follow that, I'm going to be able to even help more people and achieve more success as an entrepreneur. Um, so I, I tend not to think, what should I do? What do other people want me to do? What problem can I solve? First, I say, what makes me come alive? Because I believe, as that quote says, that the world is a better place when individuals themselves are alive. So I try to go back to that quote. And it, it led me to do the movie, for example. It's a little bit of a sidestep for me than traditional, traditionally what I've done the last few years. Um, but I, I felt it, and it really made me come alive at the time, and, and I'm glad we did it, and I think it'll help a lot of people as a result of following that quote. What I love about Man versus Debt is that you actually take a challenge, an obstacle that you came across in real life, and you turn it into a national phenomenon. Can you take us through what exactly that challenge and obstacle was that you came across at life that made you look in the mirror and say, Something's going to change. Something's got to give. Take us through that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we were living what I like to call the typical American lifestyle, which was um, we were focused on how we're going to generate income. Like, what's our job? What's our career? What should we be doing? My wife was a teacher. She had just graduated college, and she was planning to be a teacher, and that was her career. You know, that it was all about following the next step in the career. Get the degree, then you student teach, then you get a job as a teacher, then you work for five years, so you have some tenure. Uh, even even in an elementary school, that's how it works. Like once you once you get into school, then you stay there. Um, I had failed out of college, but I had gotten into the real estate business. Uh, I had started a property management business, and I was all about okay, what's the next client that I can pick up? Okay, how many more houses can I get? Okay, what's the next step in 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 this process of my life? And we went through our personal life that like that too. Okay, get the apartment, fill it with stuff, get the credit cards. Okay, now we have cars. Now we should start shopping for a house. And it was all very scripted. So that was the problem for us. Uh, and even more, I guess, immediately the problem was the debt that was a result of us buying into that lifestyle. So we had about $18,000 in consumer debt and about $60,000 in student loans. And we were 22, 23 years old. We were recently married, recently pregnant, and <laughs> life was just a blur. And the debt and the finances and having 
careers that we weren't necessarily fully passionate about were all really weighing on us and keeping us trapped. So um, that's how we decided to get out of it is we decided to set a passionate goal. And we said, what would we do if we could do anything? Uh, And it was the birth of my daughter that gave us that clarity, John. Uh, Before my daughter was born, we didn't really have the clarity to step back and ask ourselves that question. Uh, But when we brought her home from the hospital, we finally did. And we said, well, if we could do anything, like that's a cheesy question, right? If we could do anything, I guess we would probably backpack Australia for a year. We would move to Australia and we would live there and we would experience that culture. And uh, that's what we would do. And And most people at this point would say, but you have a newborn. Exactly. And that's we in the past, the system that we had bought into, that's immediately what you go to. You would go to excuses. You would say, well, we don't have the money. We don't have any jobs. What would we do in Australia? We have a newborn. And honestly, we did go there. That's where we went because that's where we were trained to go. Um, but I think, I guess the timing was right for us, John, the clarity aligned enough and the goal itself was passionate enough and in line with what we wanted where we started to say, but what if we didn't have the debt? What if we didn't have an apartment full of stuff? Um, what if we did look at other ways to make income uh, than our traditional methods of going to a job? What if we didn't have these things and we could do that? So we switched in our brains thinking instead of why we couldn't do something and instead we started thinking about how could that be possible? Uh, and that doesn't mean that every decision you want to go ahead and jump into. But for us, we said, how could it be possible? And we said, well, if we didn't have debt, if we didn't have these jobs, and if we saved up enough money, we could definitely go do that for a year. That's reasonable. And we looked online and we said, oh, here are all kinds of families that are traveling with kids. If they can do it, we can do it. And so we no longer had those excuses to lean on. Um, and we just we just sat down and we decided to do it. We told our family. Um, a month into the journey, we booked our plane ticket. We stopped eating out. We stopped spending any money. We, we were passionate for a year on that, um, on that attack. And about six months into that journey, I learned what WordPress was and I learned what blogging was and I started this little blog that ended up changing our lives. So um, that was the start of the problem and, and sort of how we started fighting against it, John. Wow. And looking back on it now after all these years, what is one lesson you can pull out of that challenge, that failure that you faced? Um, well, I can definitely say that what I like to do now is try to find, try to make sure that I'd be, I'm thinking about a situation removed from it instead of inside of it because I went through that challenge. And what I mean by that is so many of us get complacent. For example, I've been very complacent in my health, although I've not been complacent in other areas. So whenever I try to think about or set a health goal, I can't, I can't attack the goal with within the same bounds of complacency that I've lived in, or my, my view of it is very limited. Um, I'll give you another quote, since I know you love quotes. It's like, Einstein, you can't solve a problem at the same level of awareness that created it. So for me, I have to step back out of that, of that like routine, and really look at it as if there were no limitations. So I can't say, well, I'm busy, and I'm, I'm working so hard on my business, so that, that's why I go to Starbucks every morning, and, and blah, blah, blah. That's my routine. That's my complacency. But if I step outside and I say, if I could design this from scratch, like what would my fitness routine be? What would my life be like? What, what, would, what kind of foods would I like? And that sounds cheesy until you actually do it, and you realize that by stepping back stepping back and gain that awareness, you can evaluate your life much more easily. Uh, when I was in debt, if we would have stayed inside of that, that mindset or inside of that complacency lifestyle that we had, we would have never even considered 
living in Australia for a year. I mean, it wouldn't even been able to be a consideration at all. It was because that we, my, the birth of my daughter allowed us to kind of shake our, shake our mindset a little bit that we were able to go, okay, if we wipe this slate clean, what would it look like? Um, and uh, so I try to apply that the best I can to other areas of my life. I'm not always successful, but that's what I learned from going through that challenge. Yeah, in 2008, you talked about how you just weren't willing to live that scripted life. And I love fast forwarding four years later and seeing how now you've created a film, which in a way is a script. But I've seen the film. I was there for the premiere. And that's the beauty of this film is it's so real. It's not scripted. It's people speaking from their heart, from their passions. And I would really like to delve into that a little later. But what we're going to do now is we're going to transition to the next topic, which is the aha moment. Because at so many points throughout your life as an entrepreneur, you've had small aha moments that have propelled you to the next level, that have given you inspiration to continue to drive forward. At what point did you have this big light bulb that came on that just resonated so well with your clients? It just made you step back and say, wow, I love this. This is something that is going to work. This is my aha moment. Yeah. So uh, like you pointed out, I've probably had a couple. I can tell you pretty pretty closely what my first one was. And that was about 18 months into blogging. So I didn't have, I had aha moments that were smaller, you know, than like how to, how to write a blog post that people actually would share, how to do those smaller things. But my first really big aha moment was my second premium offer. I'll call it an offer. It was a, it was a guide. It's still available um, today, but it was my second offer that I uh, offered to my readers and my customers that I charged for. And it was called, it was an ebook called Sell Your Crap. And it was the first time I produced an ebook. So the first time I said, here is my premium content that I'm going to charge a little bit for to my audience. Um, it was a personal finance book. And I did some things right, I did some things wrong, and I learned a lot. But my aha moment was the second offer, the Sell Your Crap ebook. And because A, I, it was 80,000 words. I worked my butt off. It was, it's a, actually a combination of four different books. I really, really, really focused. I poured my heart into it more than I had any other project in my life. Um, uh, B, it completely flopped the first few days. Um, it, it did way worse. The site broke. Uh, my hosting went down. I didn't sell nearly as many as I thought. A big blogger linked to me and the site was down, so none of the traffic came uh, to the point where I I actually had tears uh, and I wrote about that a little bit where I was just so devastated, but then it rebounded and has been a successful selling guide for the past, I think two years um, now. Uh, And what it proved to me, well, the reason why I was a big aha moment was that I finally really got onto the fact that I could produce something that was valuable, something that solved a very specific problem for my customers and that they would line up and be willing to pay for it from me. Um, So as an entrepreneur, for 18 months, I feel like I had been a blogger and I had been a successful blogger by many people's metrics, uh, but I had not been a business person. I had not been a true entrepreneur until that first month of Sell Your Crap when I really said I, I found a problem that people needed help with. I absolutely nailed it. I gave them exactly what they needed, even more than they needed because they didn't even know all this stuff that they needed. (laughs) They didn't even know all these different areas that I could help them in. I knocked the product out of the park and then people bought it and they've consistently bought it for the last two years. Uh, And when I, that first month or two months after Sell Your Crap launched, I really went, this is how real genuine business works. Solve a problem, deliver it to your audience, 
you know, and then check in to make sure that they're doing okay afterwards. That's real business. And that happened only 18 months after I started blogging. So I'm a little ashamed that it took me 18 months, but I know some people kind of maybe never actually have that aha moment. So I'm not too ashamed. But that was one of the big ones for me in the beginning. No, you stuck with it. Your blogging has changed people's lives. Somebody specifically, I, I had Steve Cam from Nerd Fitness on the show recently, and his aha moment was reading your blog post, how to write a blog post that doesn't suck. He attributes his success of turning around Nerd Fitness to reading that blog post. So it's just incredible the effect that a person can have on so many people, lives, industries, because now Nerd Fitness has gone on to inspire so many people in a completely different industry that maybe never would have happened had it not been for Adam Baker sticking with what he was doing, continuing to write inspiring stuff and inspiring people. So thank you for that. Oh, well, no problem. And the funny thing is, when I need fitness advice, guess who I call? Nerd Fitness. <laughs> so yeah, it comes around. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great industry to be involved in. And uh, it, that's, that kind of karmically comes around and around. So that's very fun to be part of. Adam, have you had an I've made it moment yet? Um, I've made it. So that first one was during, uh, sell your crap. Like I had a little bit of a, I've made it, but maybe not, maybe not fully. The second sort of iteration of that sort of I've made it was when I started only 72.com, which was a kind of a sub site. Um, and it was the first time I stepped outside of my blog and really, I think embraced my nature as an entrepreneur as more than just man versus debt. Um, so I have man versus debt. I love Man vs. Debt, but when I did Only72, which was a sale, we got together a bunch of people, we had a sale. It was very successful both from a customer standpoint, like customers loved it, and a monetary, uh, a financial, I guess I should say, standpoint. Um, we made decent money from it. And that was another sort of I've made it moment because I realized that Man vs. Debt didn't just live inside a bubble. That now I was more of an entrepreneur. And that I could, again, identify a problem, figure out a way to solve it, and deliver that deliver that solution to customers. I had done it once with man versus debt, but when I did it with a totally different website, I started to really feel confident, I guess. And I guess that's the whole essence of I've made it. It's just an internal confidence in yourself. So um, it was around the same time as the, the Sell Your Crap ebook too. So that was a very big point for me when I gained a lot of internal confidence in being able to help people. So Adam, you're a man of many skills. You have man versus debt rocking and rolling Only72.com, I'm Fine Thanks has premiered this summer, and it's a great movie. You just have a lot of different things going on in a lot of different areas. What's one thing that's really exciting you about your business today? That's a great question. Um, And I would say that uh, the... What excites me about my business today is not knowing exactly what may excite me in January of like 2013 or in six months from now. So by that, that may sound like a little bit of a confusing answer, John, but what excites me is that um, my business changes about every three months, at least every three months, maybe even faster than that at sometimes. But I didn't know at this moment last year that I would be even doing a movie 
And at this moment, we're, we're replicating the DVDs to have an online launch to be able to show that to people. And like you said, you were, you were able to come to our uh, New York premiere. So last year, I didn't even think I, I didn't, wouldn't have even thought of a movie. And this year, I have one that's already premiered. That's what, that's what excites me about online business in general, but excites me about the opportunities that I have in my businesses. I can sit here right now and say, oh, next year I'm going to do this. But the truth is, I don't know. And it could be bigger than I could even imagine right now. It could be totally different. Um, but I, ha- I feel like I have the skill sets that I've learned through my fellow entrepreneurs and online community over the last three to four years that, that make me able to adapt to a new opportunity and a new way I can help people. And, and just the excitement of not knowing what's next, but knowing that it could be a lot of different things and it could be really fun. No, that is exciting. Flexibility is exciting. You put yourself in that situation. And as you just alluded to, you're really enjoying learning and sharing with other entrepreneurs. So I thank you for coming on Entrepreneur on Fire and sharing your story and your experiences. It's really a great thing. No problem, John. I'm excited for you, and I appreciate being part of, uh, of this process. So the word entrepreneur is a mystery to most people. They don't really understand what a quote-unquote entrepreneur would do during the course of a day. At Entrepreneur on Fire, I really like to try to pull the curtain back and I know that no entrepreneur has the exact same day every day. That's part of the beauty of it. But we do have tasks that do take up a majority of our time and that we do have to attend to on a daily basis. What are a couple tasks that do seem to occupy a majority of your working day? That's a that's a great question. A uh, great look in. Uh, I would say it's drastically different given what project I, I'm working on. Uh, for example, when I was working on the movie, uh, it was get up, uh, take a shower, get in the van, get everyone ready, go to the next interview interview, drive half the day, interview somebody else, you know, so it's like when we were in the throes of creating the movie, my average day was much different. But I'll answer from, I guess, a slice of the last three years and say that um, some of the activities that take up most of my time, of course, and I think this is going to be very common for your entrepreneurs is email. Email takes up a tremendous amount of my time and energy. Um, I'm always looking for ways to better effectively manage email. uh, But I'm very accessible to um, my audience. I I publish my email. Um, I have a couple different emails depending on the business. So I just get a lot of incoming messages and a lot of response from readers and customers that I want to get. That's the thing. Like I'm in a business where I want to hear that person's debt story. I want to hear what that person thought of my movie. Um, So it's not like I'm getting a bunch of emails I don't want to deal with. I'm getting a bunch of emails that I do enjoy dealing with, but it does take up a lot of time. Um, the second thing that takes up a lot of time usually is is the actual writing process. And if it's not writing in particular, it's um, sort of writing the movie or deciding what's going to be in a movie or deciding what's going to be posted on my blog. So content generation in general to benefit people is a big part of my business. And, and uh, I would love to say that I spend more time on content generation than I do email, but I'd probably be lying. I think that's a goal of mine is to spend the majority of my time creating content, um, but it's probably more like 50-50 where I, I spend as much time on email as I do creating. Um, and then the third thing that, that I try to spend a lot of time doing is connecting connecting with other entrepreneurs, connecting with my audience members, which kind of goes into email a little bit. But um, because 
entrepreneurship can be very lonely. And I'm sure this is a topic you've talked about before, John, but uh, especially online entrepreneurship where you're in front of a computer all day and you could be by yourself and you could be removed from everyone. Even if you have lots of readers and you can you have emails that you send back and forth, it's really beneficial to get on get on a conversation like this and chat with other entrepreneurs. It's very beneficial to call up friends who, have, who are going through the same thing and just get that interaction and that connection. And uh, I guess some people call it networking, but that's kind of a cheesy word. It's kind of got a negative connotation. Just general connecting with other people who are on this journey with you. So those are the three things that I try to spend most of my time on. Uh, I try not to spend most of my time on Twitter and Facebook, although that would probably be up there too. <laughs> Baker, I know you've spoken that you don't really know what's going to be happening three to six months from now, but you're a thinker. What is the vision that you have for the future of Man vs. Debt? Yeah. So with Man vs. Debt, um, I really want the, the future of that to be more focused on uh, the ways that we're going to solve people's problems. So we have our You versus Debt course, which we really believe in, but we haven't developed it as fully as we could. And we know there's a lot of potential still left on the table. Um, sell Your Crap helps people sell their things, but we know we can improve that. Uh, and uh, maybe a Kindle book and some different ideas that we have for that. Um, and I think that potentially I could consider um, publishing a, a, a you know tree-based real print book which I've been considering for a couple of years, but have not really put the focus into. So those are some of the potential down the roads could be's uh, with man versus debt. Only 72 were interested in branching out into more industries to do some more like uh, like an app-based bundle, like a bundle for travelers, for business travelers that had different like travel apps as well as um, some guides on how to save money while traveling and just some different, uh, maybe even fitness, some different genres that will help people who, that are going through different areas and still bringing in lots of good products and, and selling those. But we've primarily been for entrepreneurs and business people and we want to see what it might look like to kind of expand from there. Um, and with the movie, we just want to get that out and see what doors open. Uh, the, our main goal right now is get the movie out, and that should happen in the next few weeks. Um, but then we just want to see where that goes. And we've been approached by some different companies. We've been approached by a lot of different people to do another um, major video-based project, whether that's a TV show or, a, or another movie. Um, and we're, that's definitely on the, on the table. Uh, we want to make sure it's the right thing. You know, John, we don't just go and just, okay, well, we have a chance to make another movie. Let's just do it. We want to make sure that like we're really called to do it and that it's the right thing for us and that we're on fire about it, that we're passionate about it, that it's really making us come alive. But if that comes up or when that comes up, we'll definitely be doing another major uh, video project, a follow-up to I'm Fine Thanks. Um, whether it's a different topic or whether it's just an expansion on that topic, I can see something there as well. So I don't know what order those are going to happen in. Uh, but those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to in the different businesses that I, I'm a part of. Awesome. That's exciting stuff. And I'm going to link up all of this to the show notes so Fire Nation can track exactly where you're at and what you're doing. So Adam, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning rounds. And this is where I provide you a series of questions and you come back with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound <laughs> like a plan? That sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right, we're doing pretty good on time too, so you can take your time, expound a little bit, and really dig deep for some of these. What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Clutter in all areas of my life. So physical clutter, uh, debt, 
you know, the clutter of my finances, not being able to really see myself. And I guess I would say mental clutter, if you would. And I, by that, I mean just like a lack of confidence, a lack of focus. Um, I was disjointed. I was going along like a, a path. And once I removed sort of uh, once I cleaned up my finances, removed some debt, removed some stuff from my life, and once I started to have that space to focus on myself and to gain that confidence, entrepreneurship really opened itself up to me. So it was really just that, that routine, that clutter in daily life that kept me from really being able to latch on and become an entrepreneur. Lack of clutter equals clarity. I like it. Uh, yep. What's the best business advice that you ever received? Wow, that is a loaded, loaded question. Loaded. Um, I think that it would be um, that to focus ruthlessly on solving someone's problem and that the more emotional and the more specific of a problem that you can solve for somebody, um, the more successful you'll be in sort of financial terms, but in more than financial terms, just in just like karmic uh, terms. So Someone said, like, stop worrying about anything but focusing on solving very specific emotional problems for your readers. And ever since I was told that, I've been focusing on that. And any of my big successes has come from that focus. I love that. We had Dane Maxwell on the show recently, and that was his big thing was focus on other people's pain. Go find it and then find out if you want and can make a solution for it. Yep, yep, exactly. What is something that's working for you or your business right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I would say that one of the things I have going, I guess, well for my business or that is working for my business is uh, vision, just overall vision. And I, I was talking to a friend um, just yesterday about this, and it was that many um, entrepreneurs or businesses, maybe they can even solve a problem, they can maybe even solve it well, but they don't really have that vision. I guess that reason why a customer could, could buy into that other than just getting their problem solved, why they want to come and, and get more information, why they want to be a customer. And I think that comes down to vision. You know, Apple, for example, um, has pros and cons to it as a business, but they have tremendous vision and, and their customers really buy into that. And I think that I have that working much on a much less scale than Apple. But I think that's one of the things that I have in the different businesses is that people have a reason to come and rally around it other than just the direct benefit they get. So true. What is the best business book that you've read in the last six months? Wow, in the last six months, that's a that's a killer question because I I I could answer it for for the best business book I've ever read. But okay, last six months to be fair, I reread the book Switch, and I don't know how many people would actually suggest Switch as a business book, but I definitely do. Um, I might mess up their names, but I believe it's by Chip and Dan Heath. Uh, and it's a book about behavior change and about how to change behavior in others, meaning, and how it can apply to me and my businesses, how to help people make a change better. Uh, and it's been revolutionary for me. We've incorporated it in a lot of our products. Uh, I originally read it about two years ago, so I may be cheating you, John, but I did reread it in the last six months, so I th I'll, I'll make it count. Perfect. Well, listen, this is the last question. It's definitely my favorite and it's kind of a tricky one. So you can take your time, digest it, and then come back at us. If you woke up tomorrow morning with all the experience, knowledge, and money that you currently have today, but all of your businesses had completely disappeared, leaving you essentially with a clean slate, which many of our entrepreneurs find themselves in today, what would you do in the next seven days? 
that's a, that's a great question. So yeah, let me think about it as I get my steps a little bit clear. Um, if I had a completely blank slate and I had seven days in the next seven days, what would I do? Um, I would definitely start an online website that provided education to help solve people's problems. But that's just the that's just the beginning. That doesn't answer your question, but that's the philosophy that I would go with, based on my knowledge and the different businesses I've started uh, this week. So, um, I have all my skills. So I would go ahead and establish a website. I would look for a domain name. It would probably be in a um, in a field that I'm very passionate about. If that was my only business, I would want to do something that I was very, very passionate about. So I would make a list of all of my interests and I would make a separate list of all of the ways that I know I could help somebody. That could be as simple as teaching someone how to play a board game that's complex very well, uh, which is actually a, a skill that I do have and that's something that I would start, um, all the way to I could help somebody with their computer. I can uh, help coach an entrepreneur. I can do all these. So I would make a list of all my skills, and I would make a list of everything I'm really passionate about right now. And I would look at those two lists, and I would try to find an overlap. And then over the next few days, I would I would register a domain name. I would install WordPress, and I would map out a way that I could help solve a problem that was related to either something that I was really passionate about or something that I was really good at teaching. And once I could solve that problem, I would map out like a little outline about uh, like how I can solve that problem. So if I was teaching someone to play a board game, I might review board games um, because a lot of people want to come and know which board game is right for them. I would explain the strategy for some of the more complicated board games. Um, I might uh, you know have a rating system, and I would I would map out all the ways on an outline on how I could help someone that was coming. Uh, to my website. And then over the next maybe five or six days that I have remaining, I would just go about slowly implementing that and getting a structure for the website. I love that answer. It is so specific. We don't always get these clear cut steps that you just lined out. So thank you very much for lining it out in that clear of a format. And on that note, thank you for joining us today, Adam. You've given us some great actionable advice and we're all better for it. Give Fire Nation one last piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. <laughs> will do. Um, my guiding principle and what my coaches and mentors always tell me and what I always tell people is um, no matter what, take action. So as entrepreneurs, we can just delay and delay and plan and plan and plan. And anyone who comes to me for advice, I'm always telling them to take action. And every time I go to somebody else for advice that I consider a mentor, they give me the same advice. They're like, why don't you just do something? You know, Stop thinking about it and just do one of your ideas. Stop thinking about it and just take a small action to make that possible. Um, it's always good advice when it's given to me. I always seem to have think it's good advice when I give it to other people. So that would be what I leave you with. Take action. Um, I'm Adam Baker. You guys can email me at adamcbaker at gmail.com. And uh, the main website you can find me at is manversusdebt.com. Definitely recommend everybody check that website out. Give Adam a shout out. And Adam, thanks again. We'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. Hey, guys. This is John Lee Dumas signing off. Remember to subscribe to our email list for your chance to win $50 cash every Wednesday. Fire Nation, my one call to action to you today is this. If you enjoyed this free podcast and want to show your love, head over to eofire.com, click the subscribe and iTunes button at the top of our page, and you'll be shot over to iTunes to leave a rating and review. 
To show my appreciation for your hopefully five-star rating, I will give you a shout-out at the top of an upcoming show, and then you can tweet about how awesome you are. Seriously, though, it would really mean a lot to all of us here at Fire Nation that work so hard to bring you this content five days a week. Until next time, Fire Nation, prepare to ignite. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.